Banking associations are taking a stand to address consumer concerns and the adverse impact retail breaches have on their bottom lines and consumer trust. In the wake of recent retail breaches, such as those that compromised some 40 million debit and credit cards at Target and some 1 million payment cards at Neiman Marcus, banking institutions have had to reissue millions of cards and take proactive steps to inform their customers of fraud risks. Here, Vivica Ware, who oversees regulatory policy for the Independent Community Bankers of America, shares perspective about how banking institutions are addressing retail breaches, actions they'd like to see on the regulatory front, and how more collaboration among retailers and banking institutions could help to prevent fraud in the future. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Vivika, the ICBA has been outspoken about some of the challenges banking institutions face in the wake of these recent retail breaches, namely because of the cost of recovering from the breach. On average, how much does a typical retail breach cost a banking institution? Well, it's difficult to quantify the cost. to state it as an average cost. There are a lot of variables, but let me say that there are two measurable costs related to a breach. First, you have the cost of card reissuance, which will depend on the number of cards each institution has to reissue. And they pretty quickly know that cost. And then secondly, you have fraud costs, which may take months to surface. Then, of course, the cost of impaired consumer confidence in the payment system is immeasurable. Vivika, would you say that costs for community banks vary from other banking institutions? You've noted that it costs community banks approximately 10 to $15 per card when these cards have to be reissued because of fraud, but I'm just wondering, is that a typical cost? Well, we think that this range of 10 to $15 is typical for community banks and other small issuers such as credit unions. And this estimate includes a lot of different components, such as the cost of new plastic, uh, embossing and encoding the new card, new account setup fees, the associated processing fees, both of those uh, components, the card mailer, the envelope and postage, uh, locking the old account, transferring balances from uh, the prior account to the new account, making sure that the legitimate transactions are also transferred to the new account. Then you have the new PIN, the new PIN mailer, which is a separate envelope or mailer, and postage and associated cost. You have card activation, and then card holder notifications. Now, the cost for community banks and smaller other smaller issuers will certainly be higher than some of your largest institutions just because they don't have the same economies of scale. Vivika, when it comes to some of these expenses as well as some of the losses that are associated with fraud that may result from a compromised card, how are banking institutions recovering their losses now? Well, it's important to remember that banks and card issuers have the responsibility for providing their customers with zero liability protection. So banks take the brunt of the losses and the operational costs. There is essentially very little they can recover. However, Visa and MasterCard do have programs that enable issuers to recoup a portion, a small portion, of losses and operational expenses related to MagStripe counterfeit fraud losses. This restitution, though, is only available when the networks declare that a particular breach is eligible for the program. And each association or card network, they have their own criteria for determining 
whether or not um, they're going to declare a particular breach as an event that would be eligible. But again, the restitution of the recovered amounts are just really small in comparison to the cost and the fraud losses. And again, the immeasurable cost of payment system reputational damage. Could you give an example maybe of a breach that would be eligible? Is that a fair question to ask? Typically, they're of a massive scale. I believe like the TJ Maxx breach a few years ago in 2008, 2009, there is no easy answer, Tracy. That might be something for the card network. And this is all governed by Visa and MasterCard rules. Well, American Express and Discover don't have a similar program in place. Amex and Discover, they issue their own cards Mm -hmm. at the corporate level, so there are no financial institution issuers. But there's just not a succinct answer. So, Vivica, does recovery hinge solely on the card brands? Yes, it really does, because the two card brands, Visa and MasterCard, do have the recovery plans in place, recovery programs in place. So any costs that aren't covered by the card brands are absorbed by community banks and other issuers. And Vibeka, when fraud results or a breach results that compromises cards that ultimately have to be reissued, what is the cost to retailers, especially when it comes to fraud when a card is compromised? This is an interesting question. The retailers don't incur costs related to fraudulent, specific fraudulent transactions. Instead, their costs are really internal costs, the costs that they would incur to complete the forensic um, examinations or investigations, the implementation of any necessary system changes, customer communications, and, you know, again, again, reputational damage. But they don't pick up any of the costs related to the transactional fraud resulting from the breach. So when it comes to necessary changes, what would the ICBA like to see happen where some of this responsibility might fall onto the retailers where fraud losses are concerned? Well, we recognize that uh, whenever a breach of this magnitude occurs, that expenses can be significant for community banks. This is a very complex industry issue, but we believe in general that where there is a party that has not performed as expected, and that's seems to be the case in these recent breaches, we would like to see community banks be compensated appropriately rather than absorbing the cost to protect their customers. Merchants benefit from the acceptance of payment cards, and they certainly should be responsible for the fallout resulting from breached payment card information. Babika, this is somewhat of a touchy question, but I'd like to ask it anyway. How does the ICBA feel about banking institutions that have recently sued retailers such as Target to help recover some of their losses that have been associated with cards that have been reissued, as well as fraudulent transactions? Do you think that these suits will be fruitful for the banking institutions? That is a tricky question, and it's difficult to say. You know, litigation can be a very lengthy, protracted process, and the outcome is uncertain. However, community banks who have decided to sue or will decide to sue are certainly putting a stake in the ground by saying, we won't tolerate this. And so they're sending a strong message to the retailers. And hopefully the retailers will take heed to the message and take the appropriate steps to protect the customer information. 
Vivica, one thing that's come up quite a bit recently, especially as we've had these congressional hearings taking place this week, is the need for more regulatory oversight of retailers. I'd like to get some perspective from you about regulatory oversight. It's been noted that banking institutions are held to high security standards and, of course, are heavily regulated under a number of regulations and standards, including the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act. How does the regulatory oversight of banking institutions compare to that of retailers? Oh, there's no comparison. Retailers have no oversight when it comes to ensuring the safety and soundness of the payment system. And we think that needs to be changed in order to protect consumers. Uh, as you mentioned, banks are covered by Graham-Leach-Bliley Act of 1999, and that imposes wide-ranging requirements for protecting consumer information. And of course, when there is a breach, it also has specific notification requirements. And financial institutions are examined for their compliance with these requirements on a routine basis, as well as their major data processors. And retailers just don't have that type of oversight. So what is the ICBA pushing for, Vivica, relative to more regulatory oversight for retailers? Well, first of all, we feel that there should be a standard requirement for breach notification. Right now, I believe there are 46 state laws in place that have different requirements. We also believe that the party who has experienced the breach should be responsible for making others whole, those who have experienced the loss whole, and that would include financial institutions. And also, we think that there needs to be a stronger information sharing requirement. And that requirement would extend to the public and private sectors, but also between the different private sector segments, like banking industry and the retail industry. If the retailers have information about a potential compromise that would affect the banking industry and their customers, then they should be required to share that information. Bavika, what about the responsibility that banking institutions have here where oversight of retailers is concerned? Well, you know, the banking industry doesn't have any oversight over retailers. The card networks, Visa and MasterCard, do have some rules in place that are designed to ensure the safety and soundness of um, the payment system. But financial institutions do not have that oversight. And, of course, the challenge is, that there are always creative ways that are being tested to infiltrate the systems. And then, of course, when the networks do go in to evaluate retailer systems, they could very well get a passing grade at that particular time, let's say on a Monday, and then on Tuesday there is a new threat, or they no longer comply due to a failure to uh, follow standard protocols. Vivica, collaboration is something that you've talked about, and of course it's something that's come up over and over again in recent weeks. What steps are groups like the ICBA taking to help ensure more collaboration with retailers? Well, there are a number of forms already in place for collaboration. The networks, they have various committees and advisory groups that include retailers, financial institutions of all sizes and charters, and I suspect retailers of all sizes and types as well. And they, you know, come together to come up with a strategy for ensuring the safety and soundness of the payment card networks. There are other standards organizations as well that work on specific aspects of 
securing the payment card networks, and that includes the payment card industry, PCI. You have some market-driven or market-controlled or inter-industry forums in place, and we think that those certainly can be used to further strengthen the payment card system. And then, Vibeka, before we close, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? I would like to reiterate that the protection of consumer confidential information or consumer financial information is the responsibility of all parties who use or store the information. And therefore, all need to work together to make sure that the weakest link is shored up. No specific technology is going to be a panacea in terms of resolving security or responding to data breaches because the crooks are constantly working on schemes that will compromise new technologies. So the industry, and when I say the industry, I mean all stakeholders, retailers, large and small, financial institutions, large and small, must continue to work to come up with creative technology solutions to ensure the integrity of the payment system. Vivika, I'd like to thank you again for your time this afternoon. It's my pleasure, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Vivika Ware of the ICBA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.